morning. Oftentimes, there's a tendency in the church, church big C, not church little C, not us specifically, just church in general, to uh, get this view that uh, the Bible is it. What? Yeah, not as crazy as it sounds. To get this view that somehow when, when assuming we were to read through the whole thing, when we get to that last page of the concordance, like everything there is to know and learn about God and his kingdom has been said. And, and I, will not, I will not tell you, you should not read the Bible or the Bible is unimportant. Absolutely, uh, if anything, one of the fundamental problems in the church today is that you've got a whole lot of people basing their life on a book they've never read, uh, which is fundamentally flawed. Uh, but the point I want to make today is that in the intervening period between the end of Revelation and today, God has continued to provide the world with godly, intelligent, wise, brilliant people who had things to share about God and his kingdom. There have been many saints down through the generations who have written to us, who have shared their understanding and their view about God, and we would do well to go back and look at some of what they read, because even though we may not give it the importance of the Bible, that doesn't mean there's not something there to learn. And so I want to share with you a parable this morning uh, that was not a parable of Jesus, uh, and in fact is not a parable even found in the Bible. This is actually a fairly new parable, uh, fairly new being the early 1900s. And it was a parable written uh, by a famous Russian writer named Leo Tolstoy. And the parable goes thusly. There was a king, and he was not a very good king. Uh, and he'd been having some problems, he'd been having some issues. Um, and he just wasn't doing very good at kingness. And, and so he started to think about that because he didn't want to be a bad king. I mean, he was. He didn't want to be a bad king. And so he thought, how can I be better? And so he started to kind of think through and he started to form in his mind the questions that if he could get these answered, it would lead to him being a good king. And so he thought about it, and he thought about it, and thought about it. And finally, he distilled all his issues as a king down to three questions. If I can get these three questions answered, I would be an amazing king. And the questions were these. Number one, when is the best time to do each thing? Um, that's a really broad question. Uh, but that he just... In my schedule, in my day, when is the best time to do each of the things I have to do? Question number two, who are the most important people I need to work with? And question number three, what is the most important thing to do 
at all times. So he distills all his issues down to these three questions. If I get the answers to these three questions, I am going to nail it as a king. So he sends out the call. He's like, hey, royal people, come and answer my question, which is very biblical because there's about 432 times-ish in the Bible where a king has some crazy question that he wants answered, and he sends for all his royal advisors. And the royal advisors come in, and they are not jazzed. They love being royal advisors, except for the part where they have to advise the king. Because, you know, I give you bad advice, and you take it. You're going to come back to me and go, dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> and then I might say something like, dude, you listen to me. Who's the idiot? Um, you can't do that with a king. So they love being royal advisors. They just don't want to tell the king something wrong. So he sends for all his advisors and wise men and whatever he's got going on. He throws the three questions at him, and they give him essentially every answer under the sun. They give him the McDonald's menu of responses to this question. And the, the opinions are so many and so diverse, it ultimately ends up being completely useless. So at the end of the day, the king is left with his three questions and no good answer. But then, one of the servants, because you know, it's always the NCOs who have the answers to everything. One of the servants comes in and he's like, uh, sir, can I just throw this out there? There's a guy who like lives out in the woods and even in the Bible, there's always a guy who lives out in the woods. And they're like, there's a guy, and he lives out there, and I think if you could get him to talk to you, if the king could get a guy to talk to him, I think he'd have some really good answers for you. And the king's like, cool, bring me this guy. Um, well, see, the thing is, he doesn't, like, Come when you call him. Like, you have to go and see him. And the king, being a bad king, gets all full of himself, and he's like, what? And there's one other thing. He doesn't talk to you people. I'm sorry, you said what? You people? What does that mean? You know, rich people. He just doesn't talk to rich people. He talks to common folk. And the king's... All right, all right, I need questions. I want to be a good king, and if this is how it goes, so the king dresses up as, as kind of a poor, you know, every man. Goes out into the woods to find the hermit to get the answer to his three questions. So he's traveling with his bodyguards. They get to the edge of the wood, and he's like, bodyguards, you guys got to stay here, because if I show up with bodyguards, he's going to know I'm not like him. So the king makes his way through the woods, finds the, this clearing where there's this little hut, and there's the old wise hermit man digging in the dirt. And so the king comes to him, and he goes, man, I've been looking everywhere for you. I have come so far, and I just need you to answer me three questions, and then I will let you get back to what you have to do. And so he asks his questions, when is the best time to do each thing? 
who are the most important people to work with and what is the most important thing to do at all times? And the old guy doesn't even acknowledge his presence. He just keeps digging in the dirt. And the king, being wise, goes, oh, old guy. So he stops and he goes, hey, old guy. And he asks his questions again. The old man completely ignores him. So the king, having no experience with being ignored, just kind of stands there looking stupid. You know, you've all had that thing where like, you were like, like there, but unacknowledged, and so you just sort of, see, he didn't have an iPhone, so what do you do? So he kneels down, and he starts digging in the dirt with the old man. He's, he's working on planting some, some vegetables or something, so he's like, all right, and so he, the king is on his knees digging in the dirt with this old man. All of a sudden, this guy comes running out of the woods, and he has this terrible wound across his midsection, and he's just bleeding like a stuck dude, and, uh, and he kind of collapses. And the king, the king's like, I'd be, uh, so the king grabs him, picks him up, and he takes him into the hermit's hut, and they lay him down, and they start tending to his wounds, you know, get him bandaged up and everything. And the king sits with this guy. And he watches over him all night long. Morning comes. King's falling asleep in a chair next to the guy's bed, and he, he sort of wakes up. And he finds the guy is looking at him. And he, he tries to ask, how, how are you feeling? Are, are you okay? And the guy looks at him, and he's like, I know who you are. And the king's like, what? <laughs> He's like, dude, I know you're the king. Because I've been following you. Because I've been looking for the chance to kill you. Because, because you're a terrible king, and you, 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 you killed my father, and you took his land, and you left me with nothing, and I have a grudge against you, and I've been following you for days to kill you. And I would have had you except those stupid guards you left out in the woods. And so the king's like, ah. But the guy goes, but you know what? Maybe, maybe you're not the man I was looking for because the man I was looking for would not have, would not have cared for me like this. He, he wouldn't have sat with me by my bed and he, he, he wouldn't be what you are. So I don't know where that guy is. But this guy, you, this is a man I could serve. This is a man I could follow. And the king, king's just ugh, dumbfounded. He, he doesn't have anything to say. He doesn't know what to say. And the guy drifts back off to sleep. King gets up kind of works himself out, goes outside. There's the hermit, the old man digging in the dirt. And the king's just sort of standing there. The old man gets up, and he brushes the dirt off his hands, and he comes to the king. And he looks at him right in his face. And he says, I'm ready to answer your questions. 
And the king, at this point, has completely forgotten the questions. He's not even sure, do these questions matter anymore? Why am, what am I doing? And the old man looks at him, and the old man says, the most important time is right now. The present is the only time over which you have power. So don't worry about when the perfect time is, because the perfect time is this moment right here, because it's all you have. The most important person for you to work with is the person you're with. Because that's the person, that's the person that God, that Jesus himself defined as our neighbor. The person that God brought into your sphere of influence, the person God brought into your area that you can effectively serve or work with, the person in front of you right now, that's the most important person. And the most important thing you can do, do good to that person. These are the three most important things. Unfortunately, the story doesn't tell us what happened to the king after that. Ideally, we'd like to think the king took the advice and became the kind of king the end of a story like this should have. But we also know we as human beings have a hard time taking good advice. So that's a great parable. But it's also an echo of something that was already said by another great king. Hunter, can I get that last verse in there? Thanks, bro. From Proverbs chapter 3, verse 28, do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow, I will give it, when you have it with you. When your neighbor, that person God has brought into your sphere of influence, asks for something or needs something, don't say, yeah, I, yeah, I'd love to have, can you just, just come back later? I'm just not feeling it. I just don't want to. God is saying, if there's a person in need in front of you, and you are able to meet the need, and you have the resources and time, and you can do good to this person in front of you, do good. And this is, it, it, it's a simple lesson. But it's something we need to be reminded of because we've become a generation of people who are not mindful. We do not live in the moment. We are constantly thinking of what happened then or what's going to happen then. And in the now, I have other things I'm concerned about, mainly stemming from the then or the then. I have demands on my schedule. I have demands on my time. I have demands on my resources. I have this little electronic box that's always squawking at me for something stupid. I have all these other things crowding out what is truly important. And what Jesus wants you to know this morning, and I feel confident in saying this, is what is truly important is the person he has put right in front of you. So today, as you go out and you're going around town and you're enjoying the day and whatever you're doing, be mindful that the most important person in your life, in God's kingdom, is that person right in front of you. And that may be, it may be somebody working the checkout aisle at the store. It may be your waitress. It may be a family member. 
It may be a child. And more often than not, the most important person is the person it would be easiest to totally disregard. You know, those people that have no real benefit to us. Those people that it's so easy to just ignore and disregard. Those people. I want to remind you this morning that the most important person in your life is the one God put right in front of you. Go out and be mindful. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Father, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for each and every one who's here this morning. I pray, Father, that, uh, that your word this morning would leave here with each one of us, that it would uh, be a seed planted deep in our hearts and that it would grow, that it would produce fruit, that we would become mindful, that we would learn to recognize the person in front of us and we would learn to see the person in front of us not as an obstacle or a hindrance but as a moment of grace and an opportunity to serve you through serving others. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. And may you take to heart and live through the three most important questions as Jesus would lead you to do. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.